Business Women Rock, episode 57. Ladies, it's time to rock. Welcome to the Business Women Rock podcast, where we get down and dirty with the world's most incredible businesswomen. Inspire your journey by listening to theirs. And now, here's your host, Katie Kremitzos. What's up, ladies? Welcome to the Business Women Rock podcast. I'm so happy that you're here with me today. Let's get going. My guests today are Ava Anderson and her mother, Kim Anderson, and they run a company called Ava Anderson Non-Toxic. When Ava was 15 years old, she was so disgusted by all of the toxins that are in a lot of our cleaning products, our deodorants, our facial products, all that sort of stuff, that she decided to create her own products. And she has built a multi-million dollar company selling those products through direct sales. Ava and Kim are wonderful, and you're going to so just love the story that they have, but very, very savvy businesswomen, both of them, and they're going to share with you all about how they've grown this company. So make sure you tune in at the end for the free giveaway that they are giving for one of our lucky listeners. Now let's get going. Ava, Kim, thank you guys so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Oh, we're so thrilled to be here. Thank you for having us. Thank you. So I'm so excited because you guys have such an amazing story, a phenomenal business, and really something that you're doing with a larger purpose in mind. So I really want to get under the hood as to what you've been doing to grow this business so much. Kim, I'm going to start with you. I'm going to ask because Ava started this company when she was 15 years old, which is very, very young. I didn't even know the word entrepreneur until I was 22, okay? So let's just put that in perspective. You actually started this company when you were 15 years old, Ava. Kim, to the mother, I want to ask you, what was your daughter like as a little girl? Like what kind of characteristics did she have that you think really made her ripe for entrepreneurialism? A a great, great question. So I've always owned a business and Ava was brought up at at my feet, basically at at that business. Since she was six months old, I had a a home store in our community, which is, I grew from nothing to pretty much a focal point of our community. It It was a really wonderful store. She would go with me often. By the time she was four or five, she was wrapping presents. By the time she was seven or eight, she was waiting on customers. And, you know, we're all moms here, right? Most of us are moms, a lot of young women who are going to be moms. As you know, kids come out the way they come out. And Ava was one of these, there's right and there's wrong, and there's nothing nothing but the Sahara Desert in between. (laughs) And she just, when she first heard this issue... It was clearly on the wrong side of things, and the stage was set for what she would do in the next year as far as research and finding out just how wrong this was. Because up until this point, Ava's a bright girl and really thinks on her feet, but she'll tell you she wasn't a student. She wasn't an athlete. Her sport was dragging me to Sephora to buy cosmetics. That's great. I really love that. Okay, so so we definitely have a feel of kind of what you were like as a kid, Ava. So why don't you go into a little detail as to what this was really all about? How did you even think to start your company? Sure. Well, I was actually 14 years old. I was just a freshman in high school in the fall. And mom called me in because she was watching a segment on the news and she thought it would interest me. And they were talking about the environmental working group study called the Teen Study. Basically, they just tested teenagers, their bloodstream and urine samples, 
for known human carcinogens, reproductive toxins, and mutagens, I believe, and just really overall nasty chemicals. And every single teenager they test, uh, excuse me, they tested had every single one of those chemicals in their bloodstream, and I was just pretty horrified and shocked. But I, you know, at first I probably was in a little bit of denial that, you know, that wouldn't be in the product I was using. And then I figured, okay, well, it'll be worth spending a little more money. I'm going to go to help, um, the, the health food store, and when I go to the drugstore, I'm going to make sure it's by the natural and the organic version. And then the more I started researching and going on the Internet and trying to understand these ingredients, I realized I was being greenwashed, which is when the front of the packaging and all of the marketing claims tell you it's an organic and natural and safe product, and then the ingredients on the backside tell a whole different story. And I actually spent my entire freshman year of high school researching. And in the middle of that year, I started a blog trying to educate other people and share with them some safer findings. And at the end of that year, I could not come up with a single full line of products both to use for myself or recommend to family, friends, and the people on the blog. And I was pretty fed up and disgusted. And, you know, I realized maybe I was a little naive at the time, but if I can't find something that's safe and I can't be the only one out there looking for it, I need to do something about this. And somewhere throughout the year, I had started to introduce all of my research to my parents. And I think they thought I was doing homework in my bedroom. And I did get my homework done. But I was spent <laughs> hours and hours a day researching and trying to find safer products and learning about ingredients and this whole issue, as we call it. So I just want to interject here that around June, Ava said to me, you know, Mom, I'm only 14. The local clam shack won't hire me. Nobody will hire me. I'm too young to get a job. Let's just find somebody who can help us make a product that if I put my name on it, people will know that it's safe. And that's what I can recommend to my people. And I was like, Ava, who are your people? <laughs> Mom, I've been in my bedroom building up a whole audience all this year. <laughs> <laughs> Little did I know she had a lot of people that she were depending on her for safe products. And I didn't even know it. And, and also at this time, by the way, she was taking everything in our house and throwing it away. We were going backwards fast. And <laughs> one day I, I leaned into her bedroom and leaned against the door frame and said, okay, Ava, I support you in this, but mommy cannot leave the house without a deodorant and a mascara. You have to help me here. <laughs> so see, not, not only were you actually like doing this for the world, you needed to get your mom deodorant. Come on, Ava. <laughs> and throughout grandmother's products on both sides, and it, it was a little bit of a disaster, but so once I had brought this to, to mom's attention, she helped us. She reached out to a friend who's in the personal care industry to try to find a contact, private label manufacturer. And we found one, and she said, oh, just bring a list of the ingredients you don't want. Well, there's about 80,000 ingredients used in the personal care industry. So oh I goodness. set up to create maybe like the top 100. And when we went to this meeting in the beginning of the summer, she took a quick look at the list and couldn't imagine making anything without some of these ingredients. You know, she had been in the industry for decades and this is all she knows. So I said, okay, you know, thank you very much. And we'll just find somebody else who can help us with this. And then she started to re-entertain the idea a little bit. And fast forward, she actually gave us two chemists and a special project manager for free for the summer, which was absolutely incredible. R&D is, of course, very expensive. So so to get that was unbelievable. And we wouldn't really have put much money in, in the very beginning stages anyway, so it would have kind of stopped with her. And so as we were starting to test samples, we were also thinking about how to bring this product to market. And I had a very small vision of, of what it could be. I thought, you know, maybe sell it locally or try to get it on a drugstore shelf or sell it online or whatnot. But I realized that all this information I had learned, I wanted to share with people. 
And there just simply isn't enough room on the back of a bottle to explain this important health message. And so, you know, my fear was that somebody would purchase a product and, you know, hopefully they would like it and repurchase it. But I hadn't done my job. I hadn't educated them on what I had known. So we realized that the direct sales business, a party plan model, would be the best for us because in that home party demonstration with your consultant or rep, you're able to learn why this is so important and why you want to start switching over to healthier alternatives for yourself and your family. All right. So let me dig in a little bit deeper to some of that. And first, as a side note, I really want to say, Ava, that I totally identify with you because I was a little environmentalist when I was growing up, uh, still am in a lot of ways. And I used to hide my sister's hairspray, the aerosol hairspray. I used to hide it under the under the cabinets and she'd be going around the house going where's my hairspray katie i know that you hit it where is it <laughs> you can't you, you can't use it it's ruining the environment <laughs> <laughs> and also not good for your health so you you caught on very early <laughs> right <laughs> so I really want to dig into a couple of things that you said there so first is that you started being able to work and do r d were you the one sort of creating and getting the other ingredients or were you having someone help you out with that, Ava? You know, Kim, were you guys doing research on this? Like, how did you know what would actually go in there? I mean, you have this giant list of what should not go in there, but what was the process on actually creating the the actual recipes for everything? The private label manufacturer, we found that first one, let us have access to their chemist team. So they were actually doing the formulation, but we were constantly working very closely on approving ingredients that they wanted to use and then also suggesting some. And basically, we just went back to, you know, what nature gives you. And there's so many healing properties of natural ingredients, like shea butter, for instance, which also even has a natural SPF of six and that, you know, West African women have known about its healing properties forever. And so can't really go wrong with those natural ingredients. But it was definitely teamwork between their expertise in, in the formulation and then our expertise in the ingredients and after a couple months, we started getting samples and approving them and changing a few ingredients. And then, of course, along the way, we've just learned so much more also. But I think mom had something to share on that, too. Yeah, after the first six initial products, we now have 82 in just four years. Oh, my goodness. Um, wow. The reason for that is this has never been about money for our family. This has been about supporting our teenage daughter who had a passion. And we think she can change the health of our country, chemical policy of our country, and the health costs to our country, all of which have become intolerable. So the goal of our business has always been to build this to 100,000 AVA consultants and create a lot of educated and, frankly, ticked-off moms, because nothing will change the marketplace faster than an unhappy mom. Mm. Um, so, you know, back up, as we added categories to create a full line, because, yes, now we were offering skincare, but what about their shampoo? What about their deodorant? What about their baby diaper cream? So every time we would start in a new category, we would research and Ava would look for the people who are making the very best, safest products already. We would reach out to them and ask them if they would work with us in a private label situation. And then we would push them further. We would say, you know, we love this about your product, but can you consider taking out this, this, and this, which we don't use, and replace it with this, this, and this? So we were really pushing the best even further. Wow. That's pretty amazing because you're being able to partner with those particular groups too and being able to say, hey, we can actually help enhance what you're already doing. That's actually pretty unique. That's a really great strategy. You know, what's really fun is we work with seven different private label manufacturers. Five of them are owned by women and two of them are minority women. And to, to, to be able to provide them 
with capital to build their businesses further has been incredibly rewarding. I love that. Very, very cool. So let's talk about the direct marketing angle. So you guys talked about, you know, you decided on how do we want to get this out. So very quickly, you said, look, traditional retail isn't really going to make the impact that we really want because you understood that this was so much about educating people. So you decided to do direct marketing. Talk about what that was like to be able to start that process because there's a lot of process flow that you need to have down packed. You need to basically be able to tie your business in a box and give it to somebody. So can you talk a little bit about preparing that process in order to now launch a direct sale company? Absolutely. This is Kim. So Ava and I were talking, now we've got products that are coming to us and samples that are coming to us. And of course, they gave us the free R&D, but then they wanted to purchase several thousand of each one. And, and my husband and I looked at Ava and we're like, okay, Ava, this is great. How are you going to sell this? And that's when we started talking about Ava, started the conversation about direct sales and her reasons why. Well, my husband had been in direct sales because his family had been in direct sales, which is why it crossed Ava's mind. And my husband said, no way. It's very challenging. And by the way, you can't start a company without 300 consultants. And we both looked at him and said, okay, and so that was in August, and by December, we enrolled and started on day one in December of 2009 with 450 consultants that we first <laughs> sponsored with no product, no compensation plan, and no track record by just sharing Ava's story. Wow. Wow. You really took that challenge from dad, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Had to prove him wrong. <laughs> and the interesting thing about direct sales is 83% of the women in this country that make six figures do it in direct sales. It offers an incredible entrepreneurial opportunity. And here we are offering, because again, it wasn't for money for us, we offer the richest compensation plan in the industry, the safest full line of products in the country, if not the world, with a, a really great management team. So going back to your question, what we did is we started small. Obviously, all businesses have to start small. We had a chief operating officer who was retired from a company my husband used to be involved with. He came on with us because we could only afford him part-time. We brought on his past assistant as our assistant. So that was it. The four of us started around the kitchen table in our house. Several multi-hundred million dollar companies said, someday taking this company from zero to a full national direct sales company in five and a half months is going to be a Harvard Business School case study. Wow. My goodness. What's really funny is Ava spoke at Brown University last month, and they asked her if they could do a business case study on her business. There you Someone go. <laughs> it all comes full circle, right? <laughs> so what were some of the biggest challenges that you had in the very beginning of actually implementing all of this stuff? I think one of the problems I remember from the first year is that we used a third-party distribution center where they would have access to our online ordering system and they would pull down the orders and ship them. We just didn't understand in the beginning it was something that we needed to be involved in. But the price they were charging was pretty outrageous and you know they didn't have a vested interest in the way the package was showing up to the customer like we did. So we quickly realized that we wanted to bring that in-house and that was a huge project. But even Mom was just sharing with me that I think we have about 13 shipping department workers right now, and it is still less expensive than the way we were doing it previously with that third-party distribution center in New York. So that's something that we really like doing, though, because we have control over it and we're able to make the presentation very nice. 
we just had an exciting meeting yesterday with the USPS manager where we're going to, we've hit the volume amount where we're going to start to be able to design our own boxes and, you know, put our logo on it. So that, that's been very exciting for us. And then, you know, even every once in a while, mom and I are out there on the line on a crazy Monday, you know, at the end of the month, getting out the thousands of orders that need to get to the customers. Wow. I'm a little curious on the growth that you've had and the amount of people who are carrying your brand. You know, you said within just a handful of months, you had 400 people ready to go and ready to go spread the message. And you just were there saying, okay, great, here's the box. Like, here's what you're going to sell. And they've all climbed onto the passion and the the purpose of this company. What is your leadership style? Like, how are you actually managing all these people? How are you ensuring that your brand is getting out there correctly and that things are getting done the way that you want them to get done? Well, we do have, you know, when somebody signs on a great online resource, their their back office filled with information and videos and training. But we have a training director based out of Chicago that is just unbelievable. And she's constantly traveling around all over the country, meeting with consultants, doing personal one-on-one phone calls and weekly training meetings. She and I actually just solidified our date. She and I are going to travel around what we call our Ava Summer Sizzle Tour to the top five groups and present our information. But she's just unbelievable. And that, I think, is is almost a necessary part of a direct sales business. As we grow, we might even have few of them just because we recently just signed on our 6,000th consultant. Oh, my uh, goodness. thousand of those are in the last three months. So it's just been taking off. And she does welcome calls for every single new consultant. But I see a day very soon where she's there's just not enough hours in a day, even though she has maximized hours more than anybody I've ever seen. <laughs> but so I, I would say a, a national trainer is, is absolutely key. And then mom is also really great on keeping in contact and letting people know how close they are to new promotions and, and getting them excited and boosting their morale. And that's also really key for the success of the business. Well, let's talk about that for just a second. What are your roles in the company? Kim, let's start with you. What what roles do you have and, and how have you guys kind of partnered together and make made sure that what you're doing together is really propelling the business forward? So Kim, what's your role? Sure. So, it, you know, it's very interesting. Obviously, Ava's a college student. When she started this, she was a high school student. So, you know, once you invest the money and the time, you need to then get in and do the work to make sure that it's successful. And for our family, we're 100% vested in seeing this to be incredibly successful so we can help Ava accomplish her mission. She, in high school, was DC'd on every email. She did all of the product development. She does all of the interviews, all of the press, and was able to attend a lot of meetings. Now, college being on campus and off-site from Rhode Island has been somewhat challenging, So, and, and to, to reduce some of the stress, I've reduced her from receiving 300 emails today and brought it down to about 50. We're very lucky. I have now with Ava a tremendous team. We have 25 employees, 10 of them on our executive team. So over time, we've just been able to add the right people for the right positions. We now have a shipping manager and a a purchasing manager, a customer service manager, a consultant customer service manager. We have a, a communications public relations person. We have an IT specialist a controller and a COO, as well as our national training manager. So everybody now has a role, but it wasn't that way in the beginning. Ava and I and two other people were were doing it all. So the roles have now become more defined, which is helpful, because there are really only 80 hours in a week where I can work. And Ava's just, it's her vision, it's her passion. She is the driving force 
She's getting a phenomenal education at Babson College, which is the number one entrepreneurial college undergrad and grad in the country. All of her courses are really relevant, accounting, marketing, advertising, supply-side chain management, you know, really fabulous things for her that when she leaves, it's like having an MBA. She will be able to work in running this company and on a more day-to-day basis rather than part-time involvement that she's had to have due to necessity of college. Ava, because you have constantly been a student and been sort of the visionary of this company and, you know, the person that has like this drive and the why right behind it, has there been a moment during this journey that has been really difficult for you in trying to balance all of those things? I've been very fortunate that, as mom said, she and the team really do a great job in lifting that stress off my shoulders during the school year. You know, I do feel bad that I can't be as involved in the school year as I'd like to be. On a lot of the bigger decisions is, is where I spend my time with the business, product testing and product development still, as mom said, interviews and, and whatnot. And then in the summer, it's great because that I can dedicate myself full time. So I started working, I think, maybe two or three weeks ago now, and I've already been in contact with new suppliers and sourcing certain items for like host exclusives and gone to meetings. Thankfully, some of these people are actually local, which is really cool to build those relationships. But so I'm just kind of wearing many different hats and, and picking up the slack and just getting stuff done. But it's, it's really exciting in the summer to be able to do that because I do not feel guilty, but I, I just I physically can't do that during the school year. I think one of the interesting things was in high school, our son was on the golf team and the squash team, and sometimes he wouldn't come home until 9 or 10 o'clock at night if he had an away game. Ava would be home from school at 3 o'clock. She would do some afternoon exercise, and then she would go straight to the computer and do research and work. So it was her afternoon school sport, right? This was her sport. Wow. You know, I'm just so amazed by the dynamic that you guys have together and the business dynamic that you have together. I own a company with my husband, so I understand once you start blending family and business, things can, you have to pay extra attention and you have to be a little bit more proactive about what roles you guys are having and how you're working together. But I'm actually very interested in the fact that you guys have built something very, very successful out of this family unit, and that has had to take an agreement and sort of the bringing on the whole family on, on board for that vision. So, Kim, can you talk a little bit about maybe what kind of family agreement and family gatherings you have had to have and sort of the direction? Because this is really a family project. It absolutely is. Our, our son is graduating from Dartmouth next week in environmental studies, and he's very interested in the business as well. He and Ava own it equally, so he will be involved as well, and he's got some ideas and some things that he wants to participate in. But the four of us, my husband is a serial entrepreneur, extremely intelligent in finance and IT, and those are not my strengths, so we really balance each other well. He helps a lot with the finance and the IT. I'm more of a marketing brand, merchandising, sales, communications person. And then Ava's actually a great marriage of the both. So it's been a real team effort. We've always all just understood what it was going to take to get the business done. I will say sometimes at the dinner table, Dad will do like the timeout sign with his hand and say, okay, this is a no business dinner table. <laughs> Total family time now, right? Right. <laughs> Right. Flipping the switch, as you call it. Flipping the switch. Yeah. Ah, I like that. I like that. And I think everyone who ever has worked with a spouse or family member is like nodding their head right now because I sure am. <laughs> How do you segment that in your life and make it work? <laughs> yeah. 
So Ava, you you really alluded to this in the very beginning as to why you started the company, but I want to dig in a little deeper to that because I think it's so pertinent in order to really have this entire family-driven company really work and, and doing global things. There's a lot of passion behind you. There's a lot of passion behind your whole family as to why you're really doing this. So can you talk a little bit about the drive that that really keeps you guys going and what you're doing with it? Sure. Well, I can also share some of the facts with you, like you're at a little mini Ava party, so you can understand the type of education you'd receive and then why we're so, as you said, passionate about it. So in the United States, there's actually only 10 banned ingredients that can't be used in products. And when I say um, products, I'm not talking about just cosmetics, but anything from your deodorant to your toothpaste to your lotion and your sunscreen. Now, in the European Union, there's actually over 1,300 chemicals. Now, there's still a small portion of the 80,000 I mentioned being used, but so manufacturers actually clean up their products to, and reformulate to, to, to sell them in Europe because they're forced to comply with those stricter safety regulations. And then they leave in that junk, essentially, for us because if it's cheaper, easier, and nobody's telling them not to, why, why would they do anything differently? Same exact label, same exact product has a different formulation. It's just pretty disgusting, actually, I would say. And, and people don't make the connection that what they put on their skin is getting to their bloodstream. But if you think of like a nicotine patch or an estrogen patch, those drug delivery systems are used because they're an immediate gateway to the bloodstream and they actually bypass the liver. So there's a great book on this topic called Toxic Beauty by Dr. Samuel Epstein. He has a, a, this quote that I has never gotten out of my mind, which is you're actually safer to swallow and consume your products, shampoo, whatever, toothpaste, than you are to be putting them on your skin because at least you have your liver to partly detoxify those chemicals before they're getting absorbed, but there's no filtration system in your skin. And up to 60% of what you put on your skin can be absorbed in as fast as 26 seconds. And wow. if it's scalp, your underarm, or your groin, which are really absorbent areas, up to 100% can actually be absorbed. People don't make that connection. And then you're able to do testing on blood samples and whatnot. So the Environmental Working Group, which was that, that great resource that did the initial teen study I saw in the news, teamed up with the Red Cross um, a couple of years ago and did a test on the cord blood of newborn infants. And in that year, I think maybe in 2004, possibly, the average baby was being born with 287 synthetic chemicals. Wow. Their blood is coming from their mothers. So if their mother doesn't have any idea about this and she's using, you know, 10, 15, 20 products on a daily basis, that's getting carried through, unfortunately. So babies are being born pre-polluted with these chemicals. And so that's, that's one of the reasons we're so passionate about this. And then also, there's so many loopholes. So even, like how I did so much research, I would, you know, look up every single ingredient, I could only do what they're telling me. And then unfortunately, in this country, manufacturers are actually allowed to hide chemicals and not list them. So fragrance is one of these huge loopholes, and not just perfume, but even like a fragrance-free lotion. I mean, the ingredient fragrance or perfume, manufacturers can hide hundreds of chemicals in that one word and not list them. Some studies have been done that phthalates about 83% of the time are being one of, are one of those hidden ingredients. And phthalates are known endocrine disruptors. They affect all aspects of your systems and your body. They're a cousin to BPA, that nasty plastic um, chemical that a lot of people are familiar with. And so if you're using 10 products on a daily basis, you're getting eight hits of phthalates a day. And something like a chapstick, which you're applying multiple times a day, it just is really adding up people's bodies can handle different amounts of this, but at some point, it's going to result in in problems for you. One in two men and one in three women in this country will get cancer. 
and you can't say it's a direct result from one product, but whether it's the air you're breathing, polluted air, or, or the food, or, or whatnot, but people know about working out and eating organic, and whether they do that or not is their own choice, but people have no idea about this third component. And part of that is just because media outlets can't really report on this. We've had some great interviews, especially when I was younger, with you know big names, Seventeen, Glamour, you know, great, great publications, Teen Vogue, and the interviewer I speak with is just blown away by the information I'm sharing with her, and she personally is going to go home and I know make changes in her life, but she can't write a word of what we've talked about because every single one of their advertisers would, would just not, it wouldn't fly with them. Wow. So little write-up about an eco-friendly lip scrub or something, which is, of course, not, not doing the product or the information any justice. And I've gone to Washington, D.C. twice now. Mom and I have lobbying Congress trying to get the Cosmetics Act of and Personal Care Act of 2011 and 2013 passed. But even if it were to be passed, it's going to be so watered down, and then it wouldn't be re- revisited for so long. It, it's just truly quite a mess, and there's a lot of what, how does mom explain it in Washington, D.C.? You know, it's interesting is Ada was asked to testify in Congress and a couple of days before the testimony, she was bumped from the list. You can only imagine that the American chemical lobby and the plastics chemical lobby and the personal care lobby, which doesn't represent us, is not too keen on some of the things that she has to share. Um, and it's all documented. This is, no, this is nothing new. And you know when she was talking about fragrance and phthalates just now, something really important to point out, uh, there's a doctor, Philip Landrigan, who actually testified in Congress back in the 70s to get lead out of fuel. He has a tremendous Children's Environmental Health Center at Mount Sinai. He's amassed a fabulous group of key researchers, especially on endocrine disruption. And as we were in Washington, D.C., trying to lobby for passage of this, these bills, one of which was to stop using the loophole of fragrance to hide legally hide chemicals, Dr. Landrigan's team came out with the list of what they believe are indicated in autism and endocrine disruptors oh, are wow. on that top list. So if you're, our goal purely is to support Ava so that every future mother in this country knows that they should never put anything with synthetic fragrance on their body or in their personal airspace so that we can actually affect the health of the next generation of babies in this country. Uh-huh. He believes that, that, that endocrine disruption and phthalate exposure in the first semester is linked with autism in the third trimester with ADHD. It's very obvious that you guys are just overflowing with passion about this topic. And I really commend you on your all the advocacy that you're doing for it. And what I love as a businesswoman is that you've created a business system that is really your teaching tool, that's really your way, your direct way that you can totally make a difference with the entire market out there. There's so many of our listeners who have started their companies because their particular product or service is fulfilling a need that's out there that they are super passionate about, whether it's because the market needs something and they're really passionate that it absolutely has to have it, or whatever is being offered is toxic or just not what the general market should be getting according to what their beliefs are. What advice would you give to them in their journeys of not only building their business, but being an advocate for their particular cause? If you just go out and, and speak your truth and share it with as many people as you possibly can from your heart with no other intentions other than doing the right thing for the right reasons, people will hear you. And eventually, the right people will hear you. 
it's all about making those connections and eventually the networking takes hold and the roots grow firm. And there's really no other way to do it other than hard work, person to person combat. I mean, really, it's anyone that owns a business, whether it's my former business or this one, it's all about creating customers, holding customers for all the right reasons, giving them the information to make the right choices, and then being there to support them in that. We have enrolled these 6,000 non-toxic consultants. Many of them are making absolutely astounding incomes. We have women that are single mothers to adopted children. We have women that have husbands or wives that are overseas as soldiers that are now able to support their families when they weren't previously. We have people with Lyme disease are working from their bed. We have people who move from spot to spot who are able to take their business with them. We have people who unfortunately have been able to retire from careers that they can no longer find a future in or, or a pay increase in and they can control their own destiny. So yes, we believe that we can change the health, we can change our country by, uh, by giving people an entrepreneurial opportunity and we believe so passionately in it, we just need to get in front of more people to share that. That's, that's our only impingement, and we believe that we can be a billion-dollar company in 10 years, and, and every penny of that money goes back into creating new products, supporting the customers, supporting the consultants, building the website, all the things that need to be done to share this message with more people. Like if I had a nickel for everyone that said to me, oh, yeah, I use this brand and that brand and I'm all set. Well, this brand's been sold to Clorox and that brand's been sold to Colgate and, and this brand's been sold to S.C. Johnson and it's not what you think it is. So our overriding message is it's all about the ingredients. And Ava has a list on her Facebook page called Ava's Ingredients List to Avoid. And it's 17 chemicals. But we actually show on her page daily Okay, somebody will say, what about Clinique? And we'll show, here's the ingredients. We don't say, oh, this company is bad. We just say, here's the ingredients, here's the disease implications, you can make the decision. Mm, let the statistics show the truth, right? Right. And that particular one we shared yesterday is a three-part skin system, and they had 30 chemicals from Ava's 17 ingredients to avoid list. That actually gives me the perfect transition to talk about marketing for a second because you're saying that with so much passion driving you and so much why of the the dent that you want to make in this particular industry and this way of thinking and doing it through your business, the only thing stopping you is basically getting in front of more and more people and spreading the word. So let's use this to talk a little bit about your marketing strategy and how you're getting the story out there, how you're actually getting your brand and your products in front of people. And Kim, since you had mentioned before that you know the marketing and communication tends to be your area, talk a little bit about what your strategies have been there and maybe some of the best strategies that you've had and some of the flops that you've had. So I, one of the funny things, though, is you know Ava's the social media girl, right? So sometimes I'll put a few too many posts on Facebook. And during class, during the day when I think she's in class, I'll get a text and it'll be very brief. Stop. People are going to stop unfriending us. They're <laughs> going to unfriend us. <laughs> so the marketing is we have these 6,000 consultants out there, and they are our, 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 they are our advertising arm. We don't have an advertising budget. They're it. We put all of our money into paying them well so that they can make a great living doing what they're doing. And so the really cool thing is they go out, and if they have 10 people at an AVA hour, because this is not your mother's Tupperware party. This is 20 minutes of the message, 20 minutes to try before you buy, 20 minutes to write the order, you're out the door, we're busy people. 
So if somebody has an Ava hour, the average Ava hour is $670 with 10 people. And we pay the consultants 30 to 50% on that. Always 30, up to 50, depending on how much they're doing in the course of the month. So at that party, they're making 180 to $200 on that sale, but it's a consumable. And they have to be creating the relationship with that customer that they're going to drive them to our Facebook page and to be learning more. We, we like to say we drip on people. They may go to a party and learn something that sparks their interest. Then they come to our Facebook page, and over time, they're going to see something that's relevant to them, or they're going to learn something. And Every day we get people asking us about certain brands, certain ingredients, or we'll get an email that says, wow, I, I mean, I was paying attention to this. I thought I was doing the right thing. I went to Susie Q's party. I went to your Facebook page, and that product that you just talked about, I've been using that for 20 years on my family. I had no idea. So, you know, it's how do we drive people to the Facebook page to learn more once they've got the initial message, and how do we support our consultants in booking as many Ava hours as possible? So what we do for that is we give them a two-booking gift. So if they're having a party and you're the host, and there's people in your party that say, oh, my gosh, I want this person to come to my house and share this information with my friends because she can do it better than I can, and I can earn all this free host product. And then you, if you help us get two people at your party, book an Ava hour, we're going to give you the free $100 six-piece skincare set for free. So we've got a lot of things built in to help that consultant get more Ava hours where she can get in front of people and have this fun one hour where she can give them life-changing, or he, life-changing health information. I think it's really important to as you guys are growing because you guys are having exponential growth. You did let me know before we got on the call that the growth that you've had just in these past two months really has superseded the growth that you had even in the first two years of business. So the growth that you're having to build and continue growing this multi-million dollar company is huge. So what are you doing to strategize and make sure that you're constantly kind of on top of the business and thinking ahead of the business? Like, are there books that you're reading to make sure that you're kind of always tweaking and, and, you know, putting in new systems and ideas and things like that? Do you meet with other entrepreneurs on a regular basis? What types of things are you doing that are, that are really forcing you to work on top of your company? Okay, that's a great question. So our executive team meets once a month. And every manager of every department plugs in their information prior to that meeting. So it's about a three-hour meeting, and we hear the financials. We hear what's happening in the shipping department and what percent of damages we may have had and how we can drive those numbers down. We look at customer care calls and what the concerns are and how we can drive those down. So we're looking at the metrics constantly from a top-down position on how we can move them long-term in the way that we want. So if we're looking at how do we build sales, we're looking at in the direct sales industry how we can create programs that can help to drive the sales. Um, If we're looking at the production schedule, how can we work with the manufacturers so that, yes, we're having 20% increases every month and some businesses would die for that annually. How do we prepare them for that for the next six months, the next year, and the next two years? Do they have the tooling? Do they have the packaging? Do they have the ingredients? Are we testing the best new ingredients? Are we on the cutting edge of new preservation, natural preservation systems? So each aspect of the job has got a long-range plan, and each division head is in charge of working with us on those long-range plans. 
we just actually, right now, we're operating in 7,000 square feet, and next week, we're moving into a 50,000 square foot building that we just bought. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. It will be less expensive for us to own that building because there's two tenants in already. For the 20,000 square feet we're going to use than it, than it is right now in the 7,000 square feet we're going to use. So, you know, constantly strategizing. How do we drive down the fixed cost? How does our purchasing manager long-term get us better pricing on tissue and, and ribbons and boxes and, and stickers and labels? And, you know, Ava mentioned that we're meeting with the United States Post Office. We're right now in the community that we're in, we're keeping the local post office open. Each department, we look at first individually and then globally together on how we can maximize or minimize as necessary the desired direction of where the numbers need to go. And my husband is very helpful for that. He, he has his own business. He's in finance, but he shows up for those monthly meetings and he really helps us stay on point. Ava in the summer and in January and in March break is able to join us for a good portion of those during the course of the year. And everybody, what we do is we sit around the table with 12 people and there's no ego. There's no ownership. It's just grabbing the best ideas, pushing that rock up the hill, making sure it doesn't roll over us, and then taking the best of the best and using them and, and, and moving forward with them. Because when you get 10, 12 really bright people together with the best intentions, with a lot of experience, this team has over 180 years of direct selling experience. Wow. Um, our, our new communications manager that just joined us was, was with a $2 billion direct sales company in international development. He's been an, an executive in direct sales for 20 years. So all these people have experience at other companies to see how it was done in other places, as well as what we can do to maximize what we're doing, because we are unique. We're not just another jewelry company. We're not just another handbag company. We're not just another cosmetic company. We've got a real mission. And being a mission-based business has its own wonderfulness to maximize. Mm, I love that. Great answer on that. I'd like to ask uh, for both of you guys, what is your favorite book that has really made a profound impact on how you show up to your company? Well, I don't think it would be as much from the business side, but something more on the message to further enhance that passion we already have. Stacey Malkin, who's involved in the Campaign for Safe Cosmetics, wrote an amazing book called Not Just a Pretty Face. Even I thought I had known a lot on this issue reading these books, as I also mentioned Toxic Beauty previously by Dr. Samuel Epstein. They just kind of reignite that anger you have and, and, and drives you to, to therefore go and continue to share this message. On the business side, I, first of all, I absolutely love that book. And when we have managers that reach a certain level, I give it to them as a gift. It's really tremendous to be re-inspired about why we're doing what we're doing. On the business side, I also give the book Zappos, to a lot of people in our business that are on the customer service side. The new book about Zappos, maybe it's a year old, and it, it's so inspiring on how they view their customers and the things that they do for their customers and how customer service is the number one pillar of their business. And, and for me, that's always really important. My own business that I had in town, when you come from a small town, you have to treat people well. Now, when you're an internet business, you can kind of hide behind the internet, but what I try to do is we try to come out from that and treat everybody the same as if they were in my local neighborhood business. There are some times when people are angry when they're coming through the door, and I would always say to my girls, look, I don't care what they're upset about. When they leave, they need to feel like we hung the moon 
and, and because we're good people, always doing the right thing for the right reasons, if we explain to them our decision-making, even when you have to deliver news that they may not want to hear, if it's delivered in a manner from the heart with the best intentions, it should be received properly. So we try to maintain that small-town feeling in a big-time business. And I share that with ev- that story with everyone that works with us. Kim, Ava, I really want to conclude this conversation by asking each of your opinions about what is the vision of this company? Where do you want it to go? What's, what's the big idea? And what are you most excited about that's coming up? I mean, I think big, big scale would be we want to educate every U.S. American family, but I don't see why it has to stop there. You know, one day we'd love to go international. And Mom mentioned some of the experience of our executive team in establishing direct sales companies in other countries. So it's definitely possible. It will be a while just because there's a huge financial cost associated with that, mainly due to a lot of legal setup and whatnot. You have to have a whole separate distribution center and obviously the, the language barrier. But I don't, I don't see why that's not a possibility. But it, it's, again, just going back to the message of wanting to educate one more family at a time and, and give them this life-changing information. We be- I think we believe that when we get to 100,000 AVA consultants, we can create the complete paradigm shift that we're looking for. And so everything is driving towards making that happen. And then I think the interesting thing that's happening along the way is when we first started AVA's Facebook page, it was so hard to find information on this issue. It just wasn't out there. But the more we've been beating the drum and educating, for instance, AVA had 1,000 parties last week around the country. With 10 people at each one, we personally educated 10,000 American families last week. Wow. So we believe that those people are out there making changes in their buying habits that are affecting corporate America. So we also have return days. So when somebody buys, comes to your party at your house and hears this message and goes home and looks at their products, they're like, well, now what do I do? I own these 30 things that I just bought last month and I'm not going to use them anymore. We say, well, don't throw them away. They're bad for the environment. Bring them back to the store with a copy of Ava's Ingredients to Avoid list. Circle what's on the product and the the same in those ingredients. And politely say to the store manager, sir or ma'am, thank you very much. I'm returning these for credit because I'm no longer going to be purchasing products with these chemicals that are harmful to humans and the environment. And please tell your buyers and these manufacturers that I will no longer be a customer until they get rid of these chemicals. And interestingly enough, we now have no problem finding articles online. They're everywhere, actually, as I mentioned to you before. We've got to actually eliminate and pare down to the best ones of the best. And then there's also been a lot of progress made. Just yesterday, or three days ago, maybe, California banned, I don't know if you've heard about those microbeads used in a lot of facial scrubs, mm-hmm. are now showing up on beaches and inside of fish and animals and whatnot. Um, and then Minnesota banned triclosan last week. And... Johnson & Johnson came forward and said they're going to remove ingredients that are formaldehyde releasing in 2017. And Avon was forced by a shareholder vote on whether they would get rid of toxic chemicals from their products, especially ones that have the pink label on them where they raise money for breast cancer. But, oh, by the way, they've got ingredients in them that are related to breast cancer. So all these things that are starting to happen, we believe that we are a big part of that. Yes, the Campaign for Safe Cosmetics is amazing. And other nonprofits are really wonderful. But even the president of the Environmental Working Group called us and said, we've been banging away at these ingredients on a national level, and we're just not making the progress that we need to for this country. You guys have the method where you're getting into people's living rooms. 
And so they've actually asked Ava to be a young ambassador for their 2014 sun safety program. And we worked with 14 manufacturers to create this brand new program that over the next five years, the Environmental Working Group wants to take this country from sun worship to sun respect because there's 3.5 million cases of melanoma a year. So we just came out last week on their 2014 very safest sunscreens in the country list. Ladies, I I really want to thank you so much for being here on the show today, for sharing your huge amount of passion for this topic, for the advocacy that you have, and for building such an incredible business that, as you said, Kim, are really getting into the homes of people to really educate about what's out there already and the solution that you guys have created. So thank you so much for sharing your story. I really appreciate it. A pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us on. We really appreciate it. You can get connected to Ava and Kim through the show notes page at bizwomenrock.com forward slash 57. I truly enjoyed that conversation with Ava and Kim. I was so inspired by how much of a fire they both have. Ava, number one, for you know this particular topic and what's going on and really wanting to educate everyone. And Kim for the passion she has for her daughter and really supporting, really the whole family supporting Ava's vision and Ava's desire to really change the world in this respect. So Ava and Kim were so kind in giving three separate packages away as a free giveaway to some great super women who are part of this community. So all you have to do in order to participate in that is go post a comment about this interview on Facebook, on Twitter, tag me or Business Women Rock, and we will tally up everyone who's talking and choose three different winners for three different great packages. Thank you so much for spending your time here with me today. I truly appreciate it, and I will see you on the next episode.